This, 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 this is mythical. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. My voice sounded shaky. This week at the round table of dim lighting, it's maybe my favorite episode of the year. It's an episode of reflection where we look back at our experiences over this year. Pretty meta if you think that this is one of your greatest moments of the year mm -hmm. is this podcast yeah. because this is all about the greatest moments in our lives. Yeah. Top 10. Did you do 10 again? I did 10 again. My my top 10 moments, which, you know, we always expand to kind of like experiences or happenings or occurrences of the year. Did you have uh, trouble narrowing it down to 10? Because that's, all, that's also an indication of how good of a year you've had. I feel like this, no, this year I Oh, did you had not, trouble making 10. I didn't have trouble making 10, um, but I don't think I, ha I have as many honorable mentions. <laughs> I, I, well, it's a, it was a simpler year. I deleted my honorable mentions. I yeah. don't know why I did that. Yeah, I'm not going to mention mine. But I think when They're I- honorably unmentioned. When I went through my first batch of just sort of thoughtless thinking- Mm -hmm. <laughs> which is what we almost called this podcast. Uh, I had 12. And so I was like, oh, that's a pretty good year. You can think of 12 things that you ha were happy about. Well, the thing that I do that's is one a month. I write down <sighs> everything that happened, and I don't put a filter on it. I probably have a list of like 40 or 50 things. Everything that happened? What that, do you mean? That was of note. Like anything that was a milestone or anything that happened or anything I did. That but you sit down and think about everything or you're saying you go you go to some note that you've been taking notes on? I usually look through my photos. Yeah, I definitely do that. And I look through my notes and I look through uh, my letters, my physical letter correspondence with uh, my pen pals. It's know, funny how our, I've said, our photo albums have, have become our journals. In some, yeah, yeah. If you don't journal... Which I don't journal enough for it to be a reliable, you know, indicator of all the things that I did. I, it was funny. I was listening to some, yeah, uh, psychologist on some podcast. You know how you get drawn into some podcast, and uh, he was saying, just you should only journal your negative experiences. And then he had some long reason for it. That sounds no. And horrible. it actually was. I'm not even going to go into it. It was kind of fascinating. I was like, well, that would be an issue. Maybe we'll do that next year. The top. 10 worst things that happened this year. The bottom 10. Yeah. But let's, let's, uh, who's let's, let's go. Start? Let's go. Um, Where you start? You no, got you... on long sleeves. Oh. Okay. Gotta have I'll, a reason. I'll, I'll start. Why, you, you think your number, you, your number one is gonna be the, the I closer. guarantee you that your number 10 is not my number 10, if, if that's what you're wondering. Yeah, but if I go first, then that means your number one. Unless, well, things get out of order, but your number one is last, and I want to make sure that the the, the very ending of this thing is the re the best of the best. This is the why. Two of us. This is another reason why I wanted you to go first, because 
I am reasonably certain, if not completely certain, that my number one is on your list, but I don't know if it's your number one, which is interesting. But it is definitely my number one. So we're doing something different. We, we discussed this a second ago. We've been doing this wrong, that when we, in right. the past, when we get to a moment that we both share, we let the guy who had it ranked higher talk about it then. But that steals the thunder of the guy who has it ranked higher, especially if it's his last thing, because then he's talking about his best thing before the end. Right. And so this is an effort to make sure that we both get to talk about our number one last. Yes. I'll go first. So I think we'll get there regardless of who starts. Coming in at number 10 for me of the year is a milestone that will never happen again. Turning 40. It's one of those things that only happens once. Colonoscopy. The 2,500th episode of Good Mythical Morning. Quite a milestone. Um, wasn't on your list, was it? Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it. I realized, I was like, man, this is, you know. It's not what, that it doesn't, doesn't mean a lot. I'm right, just... it, it wasn't on my list. And then I'm like, well, th this is a, that's a, Nice round I'm celebratory number. I'm waiting for three thousand to be on my list. I think twenty five hundred is a better number than three thousand. I don't know. There's a five in it. Uh, I, got, I want more O's. I like. I like a good. I like a good five. Five is my favorite number. You didn't know that. You didn't know that. Five is your favorite number. You got five fingers on each hand. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, you got a five inch pecker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's so see. Stupid, let's man. see what else. Uh, Don't laugh at that. Let's see what else. Don't laugh at that. I'm talking about when it's flaccid. I mean, man. it was a joke. Flaccid. So, I'm yeah, talking about flaccid. At laugh at it. I'm talking about flaccid, it, it was man. It's a joke, so you can laugh at it. Flaccid. It's a compliment. Twin. You, you know what's a. Um, <laughs> Jenna's like. Not a, <laughs> a, 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 <laughs> Don't put a camera on me. Don't put a camera. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Um, it, it it was a it was quite a milestone. Yeah, it was. I, I regret not putting it on my list. <laughs> no, I, I have a GM-related thing. The fact that we're still doing it. As we we're still doing it. You know, it. we sang the song. We yep. wrote the song. We sang the song. We had a good time celebrating, and then we put it out into the world, and, you know, uh, it was a sentimental episode, which reminds us of the special place that Good Mythical Morning holds in people's lives and their daily routines, and it's a... It's very relational, and there's like a there's a deep connection that goes beyond just are these goofballs going to make me laugh today or not, or yep. how many how many more times are they going to eat? You know, mm -hmm. once you really get involved in it, um, it's it's so friendly that it's almost familial. Huh. But sometimes friendship is better than family because it's by choice. Wow. I'll leave it at I that. I make that choice but every day. Link. I just wanted to acknowledge that we, after doing it for so many years, for so many episodes, it's um, you know, it's still an important part of our lives. Yeah, and I think that one of the reasons, I mean, but only number ten. <laughs> I, I, obviously, the reason that we say, okay, let's there's a round number, let's celebrate it, is because when something, and this is probably why it's not on my list, because GMM is this fixture. Right. It doesn't feel like a moment, so it doesn't cross my mind in the same way. It's like a lane, a very important lane in my life that I'm kind of always in. Don't plan on getting out of it any particular, any, you know, not soon. I'm not getting out of the lane soon. Um, 
but it doesn't really register as a moment. But that's why we did. That's why we dressed up in orange suits and sang the song. I just forgot about it. But my number ten is GMM related. Oh, it is. And okay. I actually think this is uh, probably not your top in your top ten. But I, this is it. I think you enjoyed yourself as much as I've seen you enjoy yourself. As when we watched my freaking real world audition tape on on Good Mythical Morning. That was one. Of, oh, that's your top moment. Well, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. I'm going. This makes it on the list because of the significance of it. Did I enjoy it? No, it was it was horrible. It was torture. <laughs> and I think I said it on the podcast, and maybe I said it on the show. I didn't know we were doing it as an episode. I knew that we were doing it on the Mythical Society, right? And I remember sitting there watching it. And first of all, I was like, not only was I, you know. I was embarrassed by my old self for all the reasons that anyone is embarrassed by their old selves. You don't like the way you look or the way you sound. It's just cringy and embarrassing. If that makes you feel better about it. But um, I was also like hesitant about the fact that I was I I was such a different person, and I said some things that I was like, "Is people going to be mad at me for the things I used to think?" You know how people are these days. Yeah, people get mad at you if you did something in the past, even if you changed. And so I was sort of like, uh, I, there was a part of me that was like, I was on the verge of being like, I don't know if we should release that real world thing on the society. And then I turn around and I show up one day, and they're like, "We're doing it as an episode today." And somehow it just, I usually know the things that we're going to do in general. But somehow, because it's funny, because we were in the meeting the other day, and Kevin was talking about how it was his idea to, he was like, he watched it, and he was like, I think we've got enough here to make this into a GMM episode. <laughs> That'll be perfect for bringing people over to the society to see the whole thing. Yeah. Thank God they didn't ask you. And um, you know what? I'm glad they didn't ask me, because if they had asked me, I would have said no, and I'm actually glad that it, I'm glad that it got out there. So is that what what makes it number 10, is that it was a visceral experience, that it was unforgettable, or something more? No, I think, for me, the reason that it carries significance, not too much, just number 10, is I think when we shared our stories in 2020, and we were able to finally, like, peel back the history of who we used to be, and we had been concealing that very strategically for a really long time because it was difficult to explain and embarrassing and all that stuff. Yeah. There was this sense of, like, when you take the part of you that you that you are, like, have the most shame about and you bring it out into the open, into the public, and just talk about it, it, it that, for me, that was a really transformational thing that changed the way that I see the way that I talk on the Internet about mm-hmm. myself, right? But to not just hear me talk about it, but to see that guy yeah, okay. is a different... It's a, it is a few levels yeah. up of exposure and vulnerability that I think, yeah. at this point, nudes of me could leak. And it, it would be like, okay, whatever. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I've got any that could leak. But at this point, I wouldn't care if they did is ultimately what I'm saying. If it's a nude and you are leaking, that's really bad. Well, leaking what, though? Exactly. Anything is going to be bad. I'm sorry I said that. Should I go to my number nine? Please. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I'm having, I'm like, how did, where did I, where did I put it number nine? Okay, um, this was the year that I got my, uh, braces off. My tattoo. Oh, yeah. My, my plant quarter sleeve. Yep. 
Um, Jade was at the end of last year, but the both sessions of the plant were this year. But the moment is, uh, it's a kind of a two for one here because it's uh, it's the fact that I got something that now is big and is on my body forever. And but th there was this um, uh, the. the what we discussed about the the picture going viral and like the whole butch twink thing um and what i said about it boink. at the time yeah link the boink i i got to be honest i think that um after the episode i continued to pro after recording the episode here where i talked about it and i said the thing about like something about i said something about i don't Stinks. I don't sweat the stink, and I, I don't follow instincts. I don't. I follow my instincts. And stink and makes you this smell. This is this is who I am. Something like that. Honestly, on the I think that well, there was more reflection for oh, me. Okay. After that. All right. And I'll say that um, I had a difficult time after that, and I realized that what I said on this podcast about it hmm. was. Um, a little aspirational. You want to be a twink? What? What do you mean? Now, that I want to not care what oh. people think about my tattoo. Got it. And I, I want to not care about labels that people put on me and say that okay. I look like something that I'm not. And I put on, I put my best foot forward and say, you know what? I'm going to assert mm. that that. Just yourself be as weird as you. I'm going to go into that zone and say, I don't sweat labels, and I'm going to say something that uh, is, I don't know, that you can put on TikTok. You were manifesting. I was I was manifesting that a little, more than I realized, honestly. Emphasis on man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, every, every once in a while. It's still a little hard for me to laugh about it, but I w I'm not going to say that, I don't know. What I'm going to say is it was it's part of the story of my tattoo now that the thing that I'm that I've had to learn is I really it really tested my resolve of am I standing by the decision I made and who and who I am and not some sort of not sort of some some label or somebody saying something offhand that might get millions of views just because it's funny. There was a point where I thought about I engaged in my mind a little bit too much after the fact, and it shook me up a little bit. And it was a test of resolve. And am I gonna do? I really care too much. We don't experience a whole lot of. Uh, being misunderstood, it does happen. I do feel like the feedback, the internet is becoming more of a place where there's more and more um, pitfalls of feedback, you know? Mm -hmm. There's more and more opportunities to make, the, to make a healthier decision for, for us to, um, to tune things out. Yep. To to not take certain feedback into account, I think a lot of the internet. It's just that's been something that I mean. People may be thinking when I'm saying it's like, well, this is nothing new. You know, people have always been this way on the internet. But I feel like we are experiencing more 
of this and there because and I chalk it up to a cultural shift. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think we're I think we're putting more of ourselves out there, and maybe that's part of it. I mean, I've been but talking it's to you about cultural shift. I've been talking to you about this for the past year or two, and I felt like every time I said it, you would say, "I don't know what you're talking about," because I would tell you about how, right. regardless of the source, I'm not going to name sources in terms of like where the comments are because they happen to be everywhere. It would stick in your crawl or get in your head. Well, I, I've always been someone who is not. I don't spend a lot of time in the comments, but it doesn't take much time at all to find something that strikes a nerve, right? Yeah. You've heard every YouTuber in the world say you can see 100 positive comments, and then that one is the one you remember. And and I've always kind of just been like, I've got a thick skin, and I know we're not for everybody. I'm not for everybody. But the thing that you're talking about, which is like being misunderstood or being misrepresented, being mischaracterized according to the way you feel about yourself. I feel like that's something that has increased in frequency that I've seen. And so I've been in a place where I was like, man, I've been doing this for 15 years and it feels like the frequency with which I'm thinking about this is increasing. So the frequency in which I'm looking at anything that's said about us is, is going down and down and down. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think it has increased. It and I think, but and, that, and I do think it's cultural. And I think the reason why this is a moment for me, or the this the second half of this moment is about this con, this experience, is because yeah, it was the first time that I feel like it it got in my head, and then it started to spill into like what you're talking about, like people's criticism of me or assessment of me on Good Mythical Morning. And, and um, you know, I, th I think there, it, it, ha it started to have an impact on me. It started to have an impact on what I thought of the audience I was talking to. And I, you know, I started to get angry. And I started, and I'm, I'm no longer talking about just the tattoo response, because then I started to let in, I started to, pick up on more of these like critical comments about all types of stuff. Oh, picky eating or personality or um, what's the word? Attitude. Mm -hmm. And then it became this self-serving thing that's like, oh, people are criticizing my attitude and now it's giving me a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's impacting my performance. It's impacting my ability to be the best version of myself. And that made me more angry. And so <clears throat> it was like this negative spiral that I don't know if the tattoo thing started it, but it was it was a it was a big part of it. And uh, you know, I, I feel like it was in, it's the like you said, you were coming to these realizations or having these experiences at a different point, an earlier point when I was like, oh yeah, I'm done, I'm done. I'm not phased by it, and I wasn't. But then I had this point where it's like, damn, I'm getting really phased by this. Mm -hmm. And I know this is not a good headspace for me to be in. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, at this point, I should give some sort of update that should be, and you know what? I got over it, now I'm totally great. I don't think I can say that. It's not that I, I think that I've, in, I'm, I've processed it in a way that now, I'm still trying to figure out how to fully integrate this um, 
uh, what's the word? I mean, I'm fully integrate the conclusions I'm coming to into the practices, like the way that I, the way that I read comments, the way that I, the amount of power that I give. I think it's, I think it's just having my guard up a little bit more and being a little bit more sensitive to how I process things and knowing when to step away. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that I would have advised other people to do, but I had never experienced it in this, in this way and allowed it, kind of allowed the negativity to get inside my head. I think it's the first time that really happened because you can release something that's outside of yourself. You know, maybe it's a cereal and people are going to criticize it. And it's like, there's, you have to, it's diff, it is challenging to process, right? But it's different than putting yourself out there and th- there's, there's a line, right? Yeah. In that, the personal aspect of it. So I think this is the year that I was like, okay, this shook me up and it, I think it's a good thing. I'm grateful for it. And, I'm adding to my tattoo. What are you going to do? Go down my arm. With what? A surprise? Uh, a surprise? More plants. Oh, more plants. Specifically. Um, which is what you were planning on doing. Uh, yeah. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. I, you there know, we go. I, uh, we got, what, 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 there, there's a whole podcast. In, there's a whole in, podcast in, here. In this. I, but, I think when we when we do our um, this is this is a long long teaser. Well, it's not that long because we usually talk about our like give our like deconstruction updates in February. A lot of what you're talking about has been um, an element of what I would call roughly my spiritual um, my spiritual attempt att- attempt at spiritual growth. And this has been because of some of the things I've been reading have been directly like informing the way that I've been processing some of these things and like, okay. and so more to say at that point. Um, it, it's a pot. It's ultimately a positive milestone of personal growth for me. And I'll take it as a good teaser for what you're going to talk about next. Yeah. Year. And I, and I will say that that is the big thing is that it is good. Like having, I, I think it's good. Having re, actually having, re, having received it is make, makes you a better person. It's what it's ultimately what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at anybody. Um, number nine. My solo camping trip. I thought it might be higher than this. Oh, okay. I know why it's not. Cause you already... um, but if I'm, if I'm ranking it on in terms of, you know, like meaningfulness uh, or enjoyment, like, you know, I had the incident with the, the van sound, which... When this comes, when does this come out? What what date does this thing launch? It comes out on twelve eighteen. Okay, so mm. by this point, when you're listening to this, I will have put. It was a, it's the last thing that I recorded when I went up for that trip. Is me in the van? Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. still had never launched it because I kind of right. forgot about it uh, until I went to this list. Oh, I've got one more video I can put out. Um. But anyway, yes, it was still a really significant thing for me, that trip, and reminded me that I have to make time for myself and need to ideally do it every single year, but if not every single year, no more than like every two years, have time where I'm going out and spending some time time alone. 
Um, so yeah, it was. And you'll check that van beeper before you do next time. Oh, well, I could have checked it before and it just started while That's I was true. out there. That's true. Um, yeah, so I think that I kind of, what the significance of it is I learned what I want to do differently next time, ultimately. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, but still reinforcing the importance of of doing it. You do you have a you have a longing to do it again, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I definitely want All to right. do it again. Um, my number eight is. Uh, what about your number nine? Oh, you already went. <laughs> yeah, my number eight is a solo experience of a different type. I've actually put what? What's happening? Oh, you freak. This comes out on my wife's birthday, and you knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew that yeah. December 18th was... Oh, of course. Right. I, I, I don't forget my wife's birthday. It's a week before Christmas. <laughs> what was I saying? Um, my number eight is a solo experience of another type. Uh, okay. It is um, the Streamy Awards. Yep. Streamy Awards, you left me in a lurch. Mm-hmm. Um well, I was you hoping had, you'd put this on your list because you I didn't. <laughs> you had COVID. COVID. I did. I, did. And, um, I was watching Citizen Kane while you were up there. Because you weren't watching the streamies. <laughs> no, I did. I finished Citizen Kane right um, before the streamies I, came I out. put this on the list, and um, I'm going to refer back to it with something else on the list. So there's, uh, in my mind, there's it's related to something, but I'll just okay. share the portion of it. Yeah, just the fact that, like, okay, Something that we have always done together, I had to do by myself. I had to do, I had to introduce an award, and then I had to accept show of the year. Oh, I'm sorry, we didn't get to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I had to be ready to do that. Right, right. Um, and so going up there and like doing a comedy bit in front of all of our peers and, you know, all of the world watching, it, it was a higher pressure situation then I wanted to admit to myself, like, it felt like, it's like, oh man, I, my approach is generally to, def- like, it's very, I'm, I'm more seat of my pants kind of thing, and you're more like planning, and we make a good team when we go up there on stage and do something like that, and it was so last minute that um, I just felt like it was a, it was a test, and I didn't know how I would do. And I was very, I was relieved that I pulled it off. That you I did, did great. that I did good. It was very funny. It was maybe the funniest thing that happened that night. And um, I mean, which again, funnier than if you if we were there together. Not a high bar, but maybe just it, as it, maybe, but it, just as funny. It was the funniest thing. That just happened. as funny as if we were both there. So it's um, you know, I just think that it it was a milestone moment for me where I had to deliver, and I couldn't. You know, you just can't. We, we have the luxury at certain points, I mean, I feel this way. I hope you feel this way sometimes where it's like, hey, in certain situations when we are put on the spot as a duo, you could, you can cut your eyes at the other guy and know that he's got it. Yep. You know? Yeah, for sure. So, and that, we're, we're so good in that mode that we learn to depend on each other in certain ways that like the parts the two parts equal the whole, so it's not a it's not about ever doing that 
comedic, especially going out, you know, going out there on a stage and there's not even a podium in front of you. You know, you're not hiding anything. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a big test and a big win. And it was kind of a first of its kind for me. Well, maybe you have to get sick next year. So I can see what it feels like. See what it feels like. Yeah, I thought it went well. And I um I mean, I can tell you were a little nervous because we talked beforehand. Oh, because yeah, we had an we had an idea. Yeah, we had this. We had uh, a if we won show of the year, you were going to call me. Right, I, I called you and I, I pitched what I was doing and like you gave notes on it. Yeah, and then we talked about what we would do. So I was going to call you if we won. Yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't. We didn't win. You we remember, didn't, we didn't you remember win. that we didn't win. And, then, and I found out we didn't win when it. You know about. Before the announcement, like seven minutes before show of the year was announced, I knew we hadn't won because of the way that it was announced by getting letters from people. And I saw letters that weren't in Good Mythical Morning and knew someone else had won. Remember right. how it was done? Yeah. Hopefully they don't do that again. Yeah. That's not a great way to do it. Ear Biscuits is supported by the Farmer's Dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy. <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. Number eight for me was our college friends Colorado trip. Go. It's not on your list. <laughs> no, it, it might be my number one. Maybe it's on my list. Well, if it's not on, if it's if it's higher on your list, I can't talk about it now. We wait until. It's... Oh yeah, G keep going. Oh snap! <laughs> Our boys are gonna hate us. <laughs> you know, us? You're on your own. This is like the streamies, man. I'm not even a piece of cardboard. Um, it was the best trip, except that Tim was late and he screwed it up. And I think that's why it went off the list because he had too much flight trouble. And uh, wow, this is surprising to me. I I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely honest. You forgot about it. I feel like that we got feedback that we talk about our trips so much that I de-emphasized trips on my list this year. Ooh. Because um, it's it's a privilege to be able to go on all the on the trips that we go on and like the excursions that we go on with friends and family and all types of stuff. And I so I kind of got self conscious about it. Okay. Um. Well. But yes. I thought you Tim, weren't. I thought you weren't harm. You weren't worrying about Greg. the comments, though. <laughs> hey, if you're a man who I took some I, trips, let it be, be. Hey, I'm a man who took some trips, and I got my instincts, and my stink don't smell because I go to Colorado with my friends. Yeah, uh, that's not how he said it, but uh, it was quite a moment, boys. 
I guess I'll talk about it since it is on my list. But you just didn't do it for me this year. Um, it well, you could say that it was great and it would be on your list. If, I, that was if a you joke. weren't self conscious about. Yeah. It would be, it was seeming like a rich dude who goes on trips. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great, and it would be on my list if I wasn't trying to do some like, you know, image management. Image management. Um, I'm pa I'm beyond image management. <laughs> no, I'm trying to be. But anyway, it was. I had a good trip. I mean, it's only number eight. <laughs> I mean, don't get too excited, guys. Right. Um, <clears throat> I. Uh, this has become an annual tradition. We're going to do it again in 2024. Yeah, it's the only thing that we do like this where it still it's like haven't nailed down the plans. But. Boys who get together, college boys who get together. It's it is very special, and uh, I actually think that that mo that moment. Uh, if I am to pick a moment, pick a moment, because I am trying to do that within the moment. You know, the general moment being the trip, but the specific moment I actually think is while we are waiting for Tim. Because yeah, yeah, the phone call. Yeah, where, where we like conferenced him in. That was that was the moment. And you for know, the trip. he was. We we talked about it before, but it was a way of including him when he was driving across the entire state of Colorado. Yeah. It seems like, and um, yeah, and also the fact that we didn't die in that river. That was pretty cool, right? Uh, but I think that's become a, it's it, it's a really special time, and it really, you know. It's a, what you might call a novel experience, right? We, by design, we are trying to have a novel experience when we hang out with those guys. It's not like, hey, just everybody come over to somebody's house. It's like, let's meet in a place and have an adventure, create a memory, do something that's somewhat dangerous in order to create a milestone that kind of makes it seem like your life isn't going by year after year and the next thing you know, you're just gonna, you're gonna be dead. With no friends. And I will say um, that the recent Bigfoot sighting was on the train that we were on. That's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just a guy in a suit. That's right as well. But <laughs> the recent Bigfoot sighting in Colorado on the Silverton That's Mine train or Silverton, whatever, that train is the train that we took up to get into the water to come we down. Didn't see, and we didn't see the Bigfoot. We saw no big feet. I love you, boys. Should have been on the list. That's my bad. Um, so I am at number seven. Number seven for me is um, the experience of my father-in-law, Christy's dad's oh, yeah. brush with death. Yeah. Um, I actually unpacked this story completely not on Ear Biscuits, but on my other podcast with my dad, Dispatches from Myrtle Beach. So if you want to hear me talk to my dad and like tell him the whole experience, it was very scary. Um, you know, just in it in a nutshell here, um, Chrissy's dad was fishing and reached into a bait bucket and pull, pulled out a minnow and it was in the river water and like cut his arm and like, it was bleeding and he dressed it and two days later it was like infected and then he was in not only the emergency room but in the ICU for over a week. He ended up having um, a, a, a special bacteria called Vibrio that has like a 50% survival rate. Yeah, not good. And... Um, he survived. I mean, he's still dealing with the 
the infection in his arm to a to a certain extent now. He's like going to a wound specialist and still trying to figure it out. But I mean, within a few hours of finding out that he was in the ICU, we were like booking a plane ticket. And when, when you're the moment for me is the decision to to start booking that plane home. Like at 3 a.m., we were booking a flight that we would be on a few hours from then. And when I told Christy, uh, take your big suitcase and pack what you would wear at a funeral. You know, it's like that is a that's a moment that I'm just not going to forget. And then when we show up and we're like taking turns spending the night in ICU with him so everybody else can go home and sleep and stuff like that. And um, he was always conscious uh and he you know he was always making he was making positive progress so it was like it was it was a the scenario was pretty encouraging but still very scary and and certainly still touch and go um but the feeling of uh, when you live apart and 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 you know you've got family members, loved ones who are like going through stuff and you have to make that decision of when do you go home and how quickly do you get there? Uh, you know, it, something clicked in, in my brain. I was like, you know what? I've, I've got the, I've got the means and the ability in terms of how we run the company and stuff like that to drop everything and be where I need to be. And, you know, I know there's some people who don't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is this needs to be a no-brainer, and it, and when I got there and we were there caring for uh, Christie's dad, there's just something about the feeling of knowing that you're doing the right thing, and that you're you're putting your love into action, and it there's a there's a, I I don't want to make this it it, it kind of feels weird to say this that it's kind of like I feel like I'm kind of making it about me, but it. There's a, there's a, I won't say it's a reward, but there's a satisfaction in knowing that you did, you're, you're doing the right thing uh, for the people that you love. And sometimes the, it's hard to m have clarity when an emergency hits to make a decision, to, to, to make the right decision. You know, I felt like we could have waited, well, you know, wait, we'll see how he does, and then we'll go home. And for us, it was the right decision to, like, we're going to get on this next plane. Mm -hmm. And so logistically, everything worked out um, to be there, and it was, you know, when we went home for Thanksgiving, it's like, I mean, Christy's dad is a different person because of the this near-death experience. You, you you can tell by the look you on his face. Like personality-wise? No, but positive in terms of, his attitude, like I mean, uh, he's uh, he's got a he's got a new lease on life. He's got a new lease on life, and he's got you can see the gratitude associated with that. And I could tell that it made a difference that we were there, hmm. and he let us know in a way that he doesn't normally talk to us about these things. It's like to, so to see that like he was impacted by. The fact that we were all there for him was very powerful, and it's the type of thing that, like, you know, when I'm on the, I, 
One day I hope to be on the receiving end of that whenever oh, something oh, oh, happens oh, oh. to me. You don't be on the receiving end of bacteria like that. No. Come on. <laughs> but you know what I don't mean. Don't manifest that. So that was it was it was a big moment, and thank God he didn't die. I mean, every the past few years, all I would have a moment about somebody dying. I had, you know, that's what right. it's, that's yep. what it's been right. for the past couple of years for me. So I'm glad that didn't happen with him. That's yep. my number seven. My number seven is giving the commencement at NC State's engineering graduation. All right, you're going to have to save that one. Okay. So that's your number seven. Yeah. All right, so am I going to my number six you now? You go to your number yep. six. Yeah, number six is next for me. Yeah. Um, my number six is Scooter Club. Now, I've talked about this in a number of different ways, but I don't, I'm, I've never been... I don't usually always just call it the Scooter Club, but I am a member of a club, a social club, called the Scooter Club. And um, I also call why? this... Now, wh why? I'll, I'll tell you. I also call this my dad friends. Okay. Or parents of Lando's friends. We all met when, when Lando was on a flag football team uh, two years ago. And then the parents we all would show up and we all kind of hit it off and we started hanging out. And, but then the next level was the dads, just the guys started hanging out. And so occasionally we'll do that. Maybe it's like once every two months or so. Uh, and then we like planned a trip to Vegas. We went to Vegas earlier this year. So all of a sudden, what was like a, this social group that, uh, I was like folded into this uh, a bona fide. Well, I, it's not a bona fide. It's still a, club. A, an unofficial but almost official club. During the pandemic, there were like two. There were th ab up above us in a different part of the neighborhood. They would all get together and hang out in their front yard, socially distanced, like to to. And they they built a friendship and maintain some sanity through the pandemic and their kids the kids would like be scootering around in the neighborhood uh -huh. while they would be like sitting in the front yard socially distanced okay. having a beer so the kids were on the scooter so so the that, dads call themselves the scooter club for their kids to be on the scooters and so um there was a there was a point where I was officially invited to be a to, to be a part of the club, along with a, a couple of other guys. Have you made your hats yet? And then we had, like, somebody bought patches that say Scooter Club, and we're putting, I'm putting them on hats, and it's not completed. Now, if you go back to Vegas, are you going to do the thing where you all wear the same hat so you can find each other, and they're yeah. all hot pink? Yeah. No, like they're going to be black. Like a youth group? It's more like a biker club, but it says Scooter Club on it, so. Um, I mean, at this stage of life, it's nice to find a whole other group of friends, you know? I like to be social, and I don't want to wear out my welcome with you <laughs> or with, I've got, I've got really good friends. You're one of them. Mike's one of them. Our college buddies are long distance, uh, some of them. They didn't make the list. Though. They didn't make the list, and these guys did. Sorry, you know, I, and now I have a, a group of dad friends. We're hanging out, we're do, you know, doing something Saturday night. So it's like, it's just nice to have another social outlet where we're just like we're all on the same page. 
just chill out, hang out. All we need is a good fire pit. It's nice. And this is the year that that like solidified. Now it might all, as we know with friend groups, it might fall apart at any moment. We know that. And also we, your uh, scooter club uh, connection ended up. That was the pie eating in contest too, was that group. Well, yeah, but that ended up getting us into. Uh, Trouble? Halloween Horror Nights. That's right. That's right. We got. I had a connect there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. For the Halloween. One of your scooter boys is like. Yeah, see, so you're he, benefiting from. He's this. like the man over there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'll benefit from your scooter club a lot, just as long as I don't have to be in it. As long as I can yeah. benefit from it. Yeah. We. It's. It's going to be a totally separate. Yeah. 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 You're never going to meet these guys. Right. Well, I met that one. I met the one. Yeah, you met him, but it was. Yeah. It was in a work context. Um. My number six. They've actually asked not to meet you. Yeah. Well, that's good. I well, because I yeah. They I, also I made it very clear. They also don't listen to this podcast or watch any of our videos. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I prefer that for your fans and for my. Me friends. too. Me too. Um, so we can talk shit about them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number six was the release of my James and the Shame EP. I thought this would be higher. Okay. Well, it's the second one. I, I think, yeah, I, you know, I think it's where it is. I'm sure that, I'm sure, I don't remember because I don't remember much, but I'm sure that last year my first album was higher on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's funny because I was just, we, we, we do our AMA on the uh, Mythical Society. And I was just talking about this on the AMA. You know, I one of the things that I've been trying to figure out to, as well about, you know, the James and the Shame stuff is like, the whole point of it is for it to be, it's a hobby. It's a hobby. It's like a, re, it's a release, right? It's a get to, not a got to. So many of the things that we do, I mean, first of all, our whole job is a get to, not a got to, but right. as anyone who has a job that they really enjoy will tell you, Lots of the get-tos become got-tos as soon as you need to make money off of it. Or it needs a to- A lot of get-tos become got-tos when you got to go through. Right. And when you've got a team and a business and all this stuff. And so while even something like this podcast, which is like, this is not work. Let's be honest. It's not work, right? But when you take a step back and you think about- It's not as easy as it looks. You I'll think about you the product that is Ear Biscuits and you think about all the meetings we have, Jamie, about- you know, what we're doing here and how to make it better. And it, there's a work element to all the things that we do. And the other thing is every single thing that we do, in, as a, that's a part of mythical, we have to talk about. We have to tell people to watch it, right? It's the marketing side of things. Like, oh, we got to um, in fact, we've already skipped over where we were supposed to do the ad in the middle of this episode. Let's do just it right as now. An example. This is a good. This is a good point to do. Uh, it. Like literally, right. Let's do it right now. <laughs> See, I, just as an example, <laughs> like we want you to know that you can get twenty percent off all gifted plans to the Mythical Society. So when you give a plan to someone, probably including yourself, if you want to cheat the system, between the nineteenth and the twenty sixth of December, you get twenty percent off. More information at mythicalsociety.com. Do you see? Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. So now, like that AMA we was talking about. I am happy. You can, you can I am happy that. to do that, right? But if we get excited about something, then we also have to find a way to get someone else excited about it, right? We're constantly like, every time we get a new piece of merch. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. We're get taking it. a picture, right? I, but I don't, so what's the, is there a contrast coming? Yes. I desperately do not want what I'm doing with my music to become that. Do you understand? I don't want it mm. to just be another thing that I'm trying to get someone to care about. Yeah. But there's an element of it like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do the photo shoot and I'm going to release this merch and I'm going to do, I'm going to go and record myself playing these songs. Right. But the part that I enjoy about what, uh, what I do in my music is the music. I enjoy writing songs and I enjoy recording songs. And if you're going to record them, well, you should release them. <laughs> and I, and I do enjoy people who enjoy the music connecting with the music. Right. But the moment that I it, I start thinking about it in a way where I'm like, this has to work or this has to make money or this has to become this thing that I promote and takes up space in my mind. Yeah. It's just not fun anymore. Like I want it to be fun. You know. So are you saying that's why it was number seven on your list? No, it's number six. Well number six. It's number six because yes, it you know, obviously like the first time, the first album. Okay, yeah. And the meaningful sort of theme of that album being around deconstruction, and it was like, yeah, it was the it was the first, and this right. was like the follow up. But I do think that it was the year in which, um, because there's more going on at Mythical that I'm creatively excited about than I than was going on last year that I was creatively excited about. We'll talk about that at a later number. Um, I think that it was kind of like, all right, I, you know, I don't have a lot of space in my 
in my brain for this other than it being the thing that like I go home at night and sometimes I'm like I don't want to watch TV I want to get my guitar and I want to start playing and then the next thing I'm writing a song and that's a fun activity for me I'm never going to stop doing that but if I'm like I've got to set aside time to do this thing that's work then it's no longer fun do you know you know the band fun which I'm a fan of you know uh they called it fun because they were like, we're going to do this because we think it's fun and we're going to do it until it's no longer fun. And that's why there's only like two albums or maybe one, two, maybe two albums. They broke up huh. because they were like, it's not fun anymore. <clears throat> yeah. Because that one album was so big. It can happen. And they were like, oh, this is too big. Everyone's coming to our shows. <laughs> and it's not fun anymore because now it's become this thing that we have to maintain. And so I think that uh, it's been good. It's on the list because it's been really significant and I and I love it. But it's lower on the list because the level of enjoyment in the second round was like I'm every every time I do it, I'm learning a little bit more about what I don't want to, the parts that I don't want to do. And I think the part that I don't want to do is to promote it at all. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like <clears throat> so maybe I'll do another album at some point, but maybe you'll you never hear about maybe it. Maybe you won't even know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe you'll find another you know, another compromise that won't send you that far. I'm sure I'll do more music. I'm not done, I'm not done with music. I've already written another seven, eight songs. But really, I'm just saying, just because I'm constantly writing. But I I I'm not gonna be like, all right, I gotta go set aside a weekend and make a music video, etc. You know, my number five is it's this is this is two moments at different points in the year that when combined make a milestone of this year as the year that I decided I am not going off of my anxiety medication. Okay. I have, this is the year that I've made that decision. And it took me going off my anxiety medication twice. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I went off and I think I talked about it on this show, didn't I? Did I? Yes. Back in like April, earlier in the year. Yeah. And I, if I and I I would cringe so much if I watched it back because I I'm, I'm probably going to say the same thing now that I said then, which was you know what? I just felt like I was in a good place and I I had a number of things in place. Fit, ongoing therapy. It's been a great year for therapy for me. Um, you know, wrapping up my second year with my therapist is like, that's going great. Uh, yeah, so I I talked about making the, like, being lulled in this position and thinking that, like, oh, I don't, I have enough of a support and I'm, I don't need this. I don't, I don't need the medication. Uh, and I went off and then I decided to go back on. And, do, do you and, and I talked about it after I decided to go back on. And now... And then I, it was, yeah, it was just this past month that I decided, um, yeah, when I got back home from, like, Christy's dad being in the hospital, I'd forgotten to take the medication with me when I went. Oh, and then you were like, well, maybe I'll And just, when I got back, I was like, you know what? I, I've been off of it, which, first of all, don't go off of medication cold turkey. Don't, don't. And if you find yourself that you skipped and it's, oh, this is, that doesn't make it a convenient time to just not take whatever medication you're on. Mm -hmm. That was not smart for me. But I was like, I kind of, 
I was like, you know, I, I want to go off and I have my reasons and uh, I'm not sharing them because they're not good reasons. But I was like, it was, I made it more, it seemed more eloquent to me than like, oh, I don't need the medication anymore because I know that that's what people say. And that, that means that the medication's working. And that's what I said back in April or May. And here I am, I was like, I mean, it's, you know, I just feel like, I mean, I'm eating a little bit of crow here, but I think it, I just want to, it, it's something that I've really decided. It took, it took me forgetting and having to go through it a second time to realize. How that, long like, did you go off it the second time and what made you change your mind? <clears throat> uh, it was, the second time it was like, it might've been five weeks. Might've been six weeks. And um, I just, you know, it, and did it coincide with some of what I was saying about like the, the tattoo stuff and the comments and things getting in my head? Yes. Like the level of rumination and like downward spiral of like, I just found that there were things that I was, and there were other things too, like challenges that we were facing here at work that like, I, I remember at a certain point when I would get up and walk the dogs that I would, my, I would look up and I would see the trees and I had space in my life to enjoy the trees. And then I found, I observed that when I would walk my dogs, I was looking down and because I was not, my eyes were just making sure I wasn't going to trip because my brain, I was in my brain. I was just inside of my head obsessing about the challenges that we were facing or something that I was concerned or upset about. And it's, that's rumination. It's just, it's, just a, it's, it's, a, it's a downward spiral. It just keeps going. And I would say to myself, you know what? You're not getting anywhere. Stop. Just don't think about it right now. Compartmentalize something that I've been really good at in the past. And I could not do it. I could not do it. I was like, oh, t t t two beats later thinking about it again, intensely. Right? No, no, just put it aside. That's all I got it. Again. It's like, you know, so I observed that. I observed, like, just a level of reactivity, irritability. Um, some of it is coming off, maybe some of it's coming off the medication, but then I, and, but for me, it was also, like, just quality of life. Quality of life, quality of relationships. Um, and so just kind of saying, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to fall for my own tricks. So do, so at this point, because, I mean, like, I know she, I every time you talk to my wife about this, she tells you the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. She's like, I did it, I did it years ago, right? She's like, you got it, you're going to come off of it a couple of times, and then, I'm not saying, every, I'm, People who want to come off of the medication for whatever reason and are successful in doing it, great. People who want to stay on it, great. We're not telling you one's right and one's wrong. But at this point, do you? Is it the kind of thing that like you've discussed with Christy? So, oh, yeah. so it's like, hey, don't let yeah, me yeah. do that again because it just seems like <laughs> it happens to everyone I know. Right. Yeah, we we've heard the story a lot. Like you have to have and it somebody. Didn't impact me. I thought I was the exception. You have to be having somebody in your life who's like, okay. Remember what you said to yourself. So that's Christy at this point. So it doesn't have to be me is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Unless you want it to be me. It doesn't have to be you. It can also be you. 
Okay. But I, I, if you didn't ask me either time, you just did it. And I'm not saying I didn't ask Christy. You're, you're not obligated to ask me, but I'm saying if you want me to hold you accountable and you're inviting me to do that, I will I volunteer as tribute. I will do it. Um But if you you and Christy got it handled, then I'll back off. Uh, I will say that I didn't tell Christy about my decision. She was still back in North Carolina, tended to her dad, and I was back at home making this decision and then not wanting to have that conversation. You know, because I know I knew how that would go. You were hoping that you would be cool like a month later and be like, you know what, I've been on vacation. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm cool now. <laughs> I, but I, I did talk to my therapist. No. And I was embarrassed to say. Oh, that my you didn't. Uh, yeah, I yeah. didn't even talk. Yeah, so yeah. All these are. About, forget about that. All these are. Always consult with your therapist. All these are huge red flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not telling the people that love you the most the decision that you've made, red flag. If you're not telling your therapist who you talk to every week, yeah, red flag. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, and I see this much more clearly now. Uh, and I, th- I think. I'm getting to, I'm getting, I'm starting to get back to the better place I was, but I'm not completely there yet. But I can tell that I'm, I'm, I'm making, I'm headed, I'm, I'm experiencing the benefits again. I'm getting there. Well, I'm happy for you. So yeah, I do, I do invite you to be a part of this conversation as a, as a listener to you, I do not invite you to. Uh, <laughs> oh, too late! Conjecture on <laughs> too late, bro. Is he off his meds again, or starting to map things that I've done in the past? Hey, just it's how some people entertain themselves. Just let, yeah. it, let it. It's fine. Yeah, I, I guess I won't be reading those comments anyway. Um, my number five is. I mean, so we want to talk about trips? Uh, a trip? <laughs> Another trip? <laughs> uh, my, my the spring break trip that I took with my family, my immediate family, my boys and my wife, uh, where we Shep and I went scuba diving in the uh, shipwrecks, and right. You know, obviously, the the diving in the shipwreck is it stands out as the most sensational. That's what you remember. Novel experience. However, I actually think the most significant moment was, you know, we, we had been down there for a few days, just me and Jesse and Shep, and then Locke was gonna fly down and join us. It wasn't his. It was Shep's spring break, not Locke's spring break. But Locke was gonna join us on that Thursday. You know, spend a few days with us, and that first night of like having dinner together as a family and thinking like, it was the first time, you know, we had been to see Locke at college and he had been back home to see us, you know, over Christmas and Thanksgiving, whatever. But it was that, okay, this is, I'm with my children on a vacation. My And one of them is an adult who's yeah. living his own life, who is now joining us for this, vacation and I'm like this is kind of the way that it's going to be. Yeah. And it kind of registered, right? Like, yeah, we're going to see each other holidays whatever. Um so, I mean, it was a good vacation. We had a great time. I mean, Lockett Shepard did get into that fight that I told you about on the podcast, but yeah, I think it was formative <laughs> for both of them. Okay. Um, you shouldn't have if you would not have mentioned it, you would have increased the chances of not remembering that part of it. Uh yeah, well, actually and by accessing it in re-remembering it, I, I actually shaped the memory itself. I know you did. Uh, but yeah, I think it was significant in that 
uh, a milestone moment of, you know, that represents just a new stage in life yeah. of having a, a kid, one kid that is off doing his own thing, living his own life. The default is that they're gone, so when they come back, it's a it's a return. It, it feels different. Well, and meaning and not and them not coming back to um, our space, like for the holidays, it's, it feels different. Them coming home, yeah. But like, no, we're gonna meet in this place that is equally foreign to both of us, and we're together. Like we're on vacation together. Um, you know, I haven't really processed it much, but it stands out as like this moment of like, oh, there he is. He's you know this kid that grew up in my house, and we're having dinner, and. You know, how many more times, and, you know, I'm going to see him quite a bit, but, like, I'm going to see him a lot less than I was seeing him. Like, you start thinking things like that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're to my number four. We are at my number four. I have given this the special spot for my solo camping trip. Okay. Um, I had, I, I just had, like, the best time. I'm glad. I'm glad for you. You know, so much. <laughs> I had such a better time than you did. Yeah, you did at this on your solo. Trip. Even though we did meet. Even though we did meet. Um, my relationship with Jasper the dog is um, forever changed in a positive way. And is he your favorite now? No. Um. Okay. He's not going to get a tattoo. I don't know. Maybe okay. someday. I don't know. After he dies. No, I don't know. But it. Now when I look back at it, I I do have this this longing to like spend this time alone and knowing I can do it. You know? It was it's the most time I'd ever spent alone. So it it was quite a milestone. And it was extremely rewarding and rejuvenating and um I start I start to I just crave it. I now have a craving. Had for you not it. done a solo trip before that? Yeah, I but, thought you had. Yeah, but when I went to Slab City, I, I was I was interacting with people all the time. Oh, you mean so, just yeah. like being a completely like on to, your own. to be isolated? Like, yeah, my previous trip yeah. wasn't like that. So uh, that's it for me. My number four is a two for one. I have been able to. You want me to scare you, Jamie? <laughs> Yeah, just real quick. I'll just stop paying attention and then repay attention. Jamie Hiccup. That was going to scare her. <laughs> um, this is actually kind of phenomenal that I thought about it. I was able to go to two NC State sporting events with my father this year. The Carolina State basketball game and the Carolina State football game, and we beat their asses both times. <laughs> okay. And, like, it doesn't happen hardly ever in basketball, right? No. Mm-mm. <clears throat> so most, I, so I should never go again. By yeah, the way, I, know. I feel like I just ruined it, right? But this past, uh, it was you know just this past Thanksgiving, you know, very recent. Um, I, I had this idea, knowing that we were going to be back in North Carolina for Thanksgiving. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to like, I'm going to get is I'm going to buy as many tickets as you can buy at once to this NC State Carolina game because every year. The Saturday after Thanksgiving, for the past I don't know how many years, State and Carolina have played that every year. They play each other that last game. Okay. And it alternates whether it's at Keenan or Carter Finley. It's going to be at Carter Finley. 
I don't think I would want to go to the Keenan game. But it's going to be at the Wolfpack house. And, you know, I bought these tickets before the season started when I had reason to believe that we probably we might lose, you know. But I was like, it'll be great to, like, take Locke and Shepard and my dad and Cole, my brother Cole, to the game. And then, you know, I'll have, like, three other tickets for, like, what other family members want to go. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to the game, and I think it had to be the first football game I've been to since we were, like, right after college, I think. I, I don't know. Oh. I think I went maybe to a couple of football No, I went to a couple of football games in the years that we lived in North Carolina between like so that decade a couple you know but not it wasn't a regular thing but i i mean i've made it clear that i don't care about a lot of sports in general but i've always just had this affinity for NC state sports which makes me a man of care, great character <laughs> how and, intense was the experience with them winning like that um NC State fans are crazy, man. I love it. We're bonkers. Like we and we just hate for no no rational reason. We just hate. We hate them. We hate Carolina. And I just love. I just love it. I just love it. We all I think most of us know that it's all kind of pointless, but it's just there's something about it. And if you're like a huge fan of some, you know, soccer team. I, there's some people who are there's a bunch of Americans who are just big fans of, you know, football over uh, overseas football. And they're yes. just crazy about it, right? And and the, and the rivalries and the, so that's the closest that I can I understand. And you were a part of something, and you brought your family. And and also just going, it was a night game. It was cold. It was 37 degrees. That's that's cold. 37 degrees is cold me, once you've adjusted to can't do that to California weather, right? Yeah. And also. The stadium is so much cooler than it was when we went there. Like when we went there, there was like some grass in the in, above the end zone where some people sat. Like it's fully, it's a full bowl in. They've got this giant screen. There's all these LED lights that immediately change the colors. Fireworks go off after every touchdown. There's jets that fly over before the game starts. Is there nudity? No nudity, nudity unfortunately. Maybe okay. next year. Uh, but you know, fifty six thousand people, not an empty seat in the place. It was just so packed, and then we just beat the hell out of them. We went up twenty to nothing, <laughs> and I was like, I was kind of hoping for a game, but it's also just no, so great to watch them lose like that. Um, okay, and 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 I was like next to my dad, which <laughs> my dad's so funny because he is he's a huge sports fan, but he is a huge Georgia football fan, and Georgia was playing Georgia Tech. And as I was telling my dad, I was like, you know, Georgia's not going to have any trouble with Georgia Tech. Georgia's the best team in the nation. They're not going to lose at Georgia Tech. But my dad has a buddy. Uh, you remember Dan, Dan Teat. Remember Dan yeah. Teat? Huge Georgia fan. So they're, they text constantly when they watch Georgia football together. Sometimes I think they may be on like a phone call. I don't know. They're like, they are in it. To yeah, win. I remember you told me about it. And so my dad is like texting, Dan Teat is texting my dad. Through, as my dad is sitting there at the NC State game, my dad's like looking at his phone. He not that he wasn't present; he was watching the state <laughs> game. But he was boy, he got to he's got to know that Georgia's got this thing under control. Yeah. Um, and then of course my brother, 
went to Carolina. <laughs> he's in his, and he was like, he was actually, he, you know, he's not like an obnoxious Carolina fan, which is an oxymoron. I mean, he is one of the exceptions. Um, but, you know, he's not one of these guys that just thinks that they're, he doesn't think that he's better than everyone because he went to Carolina. Uh, you know, like my wife does, for instance. Okay. I'm just kidding, Jesse. I love you. She doesn't really care about the rivalry. But he was like, I don't know if I'm going to wear. He, he was questioning whether he's going to wear his stuff because he doesn't, he's not like crazy about it. I was like, no, wear it. And I, and I wasn't like, wear it so that we can make fun of you. <laughs> I was like, wear it because you went to Carolina. You should be proud of it. I'm happy to, to, to bring you along. But <laughs> he told me, he was like, the stuff that was said to me. He was like, he, he was like, wow. As I like went to the bathroom, he was just like, the, the stuff people say to you, they just like say anything to you. <laughs> and it was like, there's Carolina people Did all he, over the stadium. Do you, you have a quote for us? Uh, I know. No, and I don't remember exactly what he, I, I don't remember. I can't remember what he cheap, said. Probably more cheap shots. But it's just cheap shots. Just people just say something to you just in passing. Just like he was sitting on the edge next to the aisle, and he just said people, everybody going by would just say something. Don't buy one of our wieners. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That kind of a thing. <laughs> so anyway, that was a great, well, you got, it, it was a great experience. You got was, two NC State I, on, your, on your moments list. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know, man. It can't get any better. It, I just don't think it can get any better. It can't. It doesn't get any better than beating Carolina and being there in those atmospheres. Maybe if you sang the national anthem, <sighs> yeah, before well, him. Well, Scott, you know, Scotty McCreary, oh, was the one that got up there at the beginning and got in the end zone and fired everybody up and said "Wolf Pack." And I was like, when do I get to do that? Yeah. I mean, Scott, yeah, okay, Scotty McCreary, American Idol, I get it, great guy, mm -hmm. you know. Has he given a commencement address? Then? I don't know, but I'm like, here I am, I'm ready to go, man. No, no. Put me on the field. My number three, just to stay on theme, is the NCSU commencement address. Yep. So did we tell you to hold off on yours? Yeah, it was number seven for me, so you go Well, first. we did them separately. Right. Yeah, yours yeah. was number seven, and mine, it was number three on my list. It means more to me than it means to you. Okay. I don't know why. I think that it means number three to me because it's like, you know, when I was talking about the streamy solo thing, I had the added confidence that I needed when you left me in the lurch at the streamies because of the experience I had given the commencement address. I mean, and I just feel like. Do I have notes? And yes, did we fully analyze it on this show? Yes, but I. Um, before I get into like my thoughts about it again, just the fact that we had the opportunity to do it is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's just, yeah. it was just such an honor and an awesome opportunity to do it, and um, so we had to say yes. But then it's like you you approach it with some trepidation. It's like, well, am I going to be able to bring my complete self to this thing? And I think that's where that was the experience for me was that like something that was such a high honor and such a milestone that uh, few people get to experience. I brought, I was my true self there, and that made it a little strange and i like that and that it gave me it gave me confidence it did the opposite of what i was talking about earlier of that like okay i this is me and 
I'm going for it. I'm going for me. You know, I'm totally going for it. The 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 link of it all, and um, I'm glad. I'm glad that I did that, and I'm glad that I had the opportunity to do it. And I think it um, yeah, it it had a lasting impact. Yeah, it was meaningful for me as well. Um, I, you know, I think that there is, it can be difficult to uh, kind of understand what it is that we've done with our lives, I guess is, 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 is how I would say it, right? Like, um, right. Because, I mean, I would say we've been doing it for so long, and at this point, the the we've gotten feedback from individual people who say that the things that we've done, some some things that we've done, have been very meaningful for them and have been, you know, helped them through difficult times or whatever. And I've heard that enough to now, like, not have like embarrassment and shame about people actually finding what we do meaningful. It, which is not an easy thing for me to do, right? That, that's my, I, I don't know what it is. I grew up in a family where it was like, it was all about performance, but it was always like, there's a, like a act like you've been there before kind of vibe in the McLaughlin family, right? Like you, you score a basket, you score a touchdown, you don't act like a idiot, you know, you just, you walk into the locker room. You were, of course you were gonna do that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that there is this like, um, there is a reluctance to um, accept the like um somebody saying this was meaningful to me or what you do is meaningful because i always just want to be like yeah but not really wait until the next thing i do that'll be meaningful right that's just my disposition mm-hmm. to just not accept the the praise or whatever and so i think that um there's something interesting about when when you're asked to give a commencement speech at, at an engineering school it feels very serious and it almost feels like uh, we don't des- we don't deserve like yeah we went here we got our engineering degrees but like we don't use them <laughs> you know what I'm saying um so I think that when people especially you know people came up after and and were very um you know they said a lot of really nice things about like taking the time to do this or this your speech meant this to me or whatever and and that it was meaningful for me. But I think I have a difficult time um, accepting that sometimes. You know, is you, you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, I uh, I do. I also think that um, there was. I just think that we interact with things a little bit differently. Like I, I think there was a there was a big question in my own mind of if I could do it. And not, not that, and that I could pull it off in a certain way. And I think for me, I, it's like, sh- should I do it? Yeah, we had different questions on our mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, yeah. So I, I, I understand that. That puts you at what? Number three. Um, number three for me was getting scuba certified with Shepard. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and probably the moment that is most meaningful from that is, you know, when we went to the second part of the certification, when you go to Catalina Island and you actually, like, get in the water. Yeah. 
and um, you know, it's like Shepard's a he's a teenager. He's a, he's a teenager, and he's a he's a fifteen year old kid, and like he's a cool fifteen year old kid, and you know he doesn't get he's he likes a lot of things, but you know he's not gonna let you know all the things that excite him that he's that he's into, right? He's not gonna be like super enthusiastic about it. Yeah, but he was very enthusiastic about diving, and um, just loved it. I mean, almost was like he was using all his air because he was so excited when he was in the water. <laughs> and I was like, why is he using all his air? And how our teacher was like, well, he's because he's going, he's moving around a lot and looking at everything and breathing a lot. He's using a lot of air because he's excited. <laughs> and then that translated into us being able to go scuba diving, you know, um, on our vacation and then with you and Lincoln and, or you and Chase. Lincoln couldn't go that time. Right. I just confused Chase with Lincoln. Me too. <laughs> yeah, you didn't correct me. Um, but also, this is a little bit of a two for one because that turned into Shepard's experience of going to dive camp. Right. That was a pretty pivotal ex experience for him in getting down to uh, uh, a place where it was super humid and hot and mosquitoes and it was a difficult experience and it was the classic I'm at summer camp and this is difficult and this is an experience that I've really wanted for him for a really long time to like go have a difficult time and get through and then on the other end be like I wouldn't trade it for the world and that's essentially what happened to him and so um, yeah it, I am you know I'm grateful for it we need to go again it's too cold now though need to go again that was a very dad of you. Yeah. That was a very dad one. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Um, my number two is going to pull me into daddom. Um, this was the year that Lincoln went off to college. So the moment for me is um, Lincoln's – Lincoln. The, we, we went on a beach trip right before he left for college, and it's like between that and then like a week later moving him in – like that that's like such a huge moment but like there everything that we were doing like what what we would do for spring break or different things over the summer it's you, you know there was this awareness that hey this is the this is your last hurrah with us um in this way we know ha, with the experience with lily that like and what you're talking about with Locke, that things change a little bit there's like you're about to cross a threshold and it it was uh it was it was special to like have this year with him and to send him off in that way and i i think about the moment of like we're all walking on the beach and like we're talking about his expectations and um you know having already sent lily off to college and knowing that like having that realization that um that the relationship changes, but it can still be very robust, and it can grow, and it can develop in new ways. So bringing that confidence to the interactions that I was having with Lincoln and sending him off, and it was less sad, and it was more celebratory the second time around. Mm -hmm. And um, very special. And then... Uh, 
I think the fact that, you know, that he's he's thriving and when we've gone to visit him and when he's come to come back home, it's like it just it just it it's it's my version of what you were saying with like seeing Shepherd like really connect with some something and to get excited and to to take on a challenge separate from you, like when he went to camp and then seeing that Lincoln's taking on these challenges and thriving and becoming more of his own person is that this is the year for that and uh, arguably should be my number one <laughs> in a lot of ways and in, in many ways is. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's your number so one. Technically my number two. Okay, my number two um, is a very specific moment, and that was my Forest Queen and Little Twig Boy moment that I had with Jesse <laughs> that okay. I have that talked about on this podcast, which, as I also covered, uh, was a moment that was not far enough removed from the moment where I heard you and your wife having sex. Uh, so that's unfortunate. That the, Not for me. It my wasn't. second best moment of the year <laughs> is very, very like so close to the time when I heard you having right. sex with your wife. It's like it's it's still echoing in your moment. Um, my moment, or I'll say our moment, was echoing in your moment. But the reason that this is so high on my list, not only was that a great trip to Big Sur, wore the t-shirt. <laughs> um, you know what's a t-shirt? I um, I am really enjoying my wife these days. Good, and I believe that my wife is really enjoying me. And uh, uh, relationally, yes, we. I mean, sexually as well, but that's not what I was saying. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, you're saying relationally. I'm talking about relationally. I'm talking about um the time that we spend with each other, right? Like, being each other's, no offense, favorite people. You know, like, and it's something that we're kind of like realizing as we get older. Not saying that we want Shepard to leave the house. Um, but I'm just saying that as the, 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 the years draw short of us being empty nesters, we are very excited about it. We like spending time together. And so <clears throat> I felt like that was, and again, that was a weird moment in which we, we were role-playing as these characters that we invented on the spot, the forest queen and the little twig boy, which I still regret that we did not go through with becoming these characters for Halloween. We talked about it. We had a little bit of a plan. Something happened around Halloween that was a distraction that I can't remember what it was, and we didn't end up doing it. But it's but it that that moment of connection of like silly connection was emblematic of this um, something that is happening more often, which is us really enjoying our time together in a way that's like getting better. Which I'm just very grateful, and I'm not saying it's something I've done right or she's done right. I mostly am just like, oh wow, I'm we're lucky. Mm-hmm. We're lucky that we like to spend time together, and we're liking spending time together more as we get older. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if there'll be more role-playing, and I don't know if the Twig Boy was a one-time thing. But um, <clears throat> it was a special moment in a special year where we found ourselves saying that more and more often. 
I love that for y'all. You're, you're each other's biggest fans. Yes. Isn't that? We are. This could be dangerous. You egging each other on. What, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. Um, this brings me to my number one. Well, and your number one. My number one. Okay, so I think we have the same number one. I was hoping. I was gonna. I'll be honest with you. I was gonna be mad at you if this wasn't your number one, <laughs> because I was gonna feel betrayed. Oh, good. You'll and, notice that I put my wife as number two. Just yeah. so you. Just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. Me connecting with my wife was the second best moment of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that the Lincoln thing should have been my number one, okay. but it wasn't. Okay. Um. This was the year that we relaunched programming, content, videos on the Retin Link channel. Oh, that's not my number one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. That's my number one. I am so excited about next year because of what we've done this year, because of the process that we undertook and the, the creative processing and development. I believe that we will look back on this year as the year we restarted something. We started, not restarted something, we started something new on, a, on an OG channel, but something completely new that then became a defining part of our careers. Hell yeah. How would you put it? The thing that is so exciting to me about what we're doing and what we are going to do is that this is the first time in many, many years in which the thing that I am most excited about creatively is not something that might happen if someone lets us do it. Right. It's a thing that has happened, is happening, and will happen if, you know, there's not an accident. Mm. <laughs> Meaning, these ideas that we have and this process that we are currently undertaking, all the pieces of the process that will result in a actual piece of content that someone can enjoy. Like, we are in control of as much of it as you can be in control of. <clears throat> and that is, I don't know, I, you know, I actually think that that is, when, you know, I alluded to this earlier when I was like, uh, in, res in relation to the stuff, my, my music stuff, it's just like, you know, I had more time last year. I mean, we'd never have much time, but like, in terms of just like creative space, you know, we were doing what we've always done for the past few years, and we were, like, trying things and having conversations with people, et cetera, et cetera. And then this year shifted to, like, no, like, when I sit down and I start thinking about things that excite me creatively, I always trying to, I'm trying to find a way to put it into a video that will, that will work on the Red Link channel. And so it's just changed the amount of creative space that I have to do anything else other than that. Uh, I would also summarize it as being um, it, just getting re in touch with our inner artists. Mm -hmm. You know, in a in a way that I th I don't think we ever have before. Like we're we're at a certain point 
in terms of age and just like personally as people that um, we're interested in expressing ourselves and creating things and um, experimenting, being curious about moving people in different ways. I mean, still by and large, mostly within the realm of comedy, making people laugh, but moving people in all types of ways, emotionally, uh, mentally. Um, and it's just very, it's very creatively engaging. It's, it's, it's getting back to our roots of just making stuff together, but we now have the f creative freedom that we always wanted. And we are for the first time real realizing that we have it and taking full advantage of it. I mean, I wrote in a, in my journal many years ago, um, you know, I would write all these really aspirational things that I thought we should do. And um, one of the sort of like long-term goals um, that I had like 20 years ago was, and I and what I thought this would be is I thought it would be a movie, right? Right. Is I was like, I would like, if we could get to a place where we could make movies that are a, every movie is an amalgamation of all the things that we do. And not, uh, and this is before we even knew what we did, but like a little bit of documentary, some music, some some sketches, Right. And uh, but thinking that it would be some like genre of film that we would do at some point, right? Yeah, and that's what that's what we're doing on on the Red Link channel now, right? It's like you have an idea, you have a uh, you you have something that you want to do, you have a scene for something that you want to do, and you, there's a way to put it into this bucket that can take anything that we can do. You want to sing a song? You want to do a sketch? You want to do something for real? You want to have it transition to something else? And I'll just say, first of all, I couldn't be more excited. Second of all, we have just scratched the surface. Like 2023 was scratching the surface, like mm -hmm. figuring it out a little bit. 2024 is leaning in yeah. even more. And I will say there's aspects of it that have not been easy, that have been difficult. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're, lear we're I mean, still learning. We, we got a lot to learn still. And I think it's directly tied to our personhood. That's what's so powerful about it, is that it's it's not a professional development. It's a that's what you know. It's a it's an extension of personal development and opportunity. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I'm 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 so excited. And I don't think well, we didn't discuss this. You tell me if you think we shouldn't. Um, I would like to hint at least at how we're going to approach 2024. Go for it. Because you're a special group of people who listen to Ear Biscuits. Um, so the way 2023 has worked has been, you know, we've got a, a very small team, very small but very talented team that helps us make these videos. And, you know, we've been all working on, this is like the primary thing that this team has been working on this year. And you can see... I don't know how many videos did we make, Jenna? Six, like what? Seven? I don't eight. know. Eight. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, like eight videos in a year. It's not a whole lot. It's. Not, I mean, we do eight videos in eight days when uh -huh. it comes to GMM, right? These are a different. It's a different thing. It's a different experience. 
And we've also been working on them constantly. And then when they're done, we set a launch date and it's kind of hard to predict. It's basically like normal YouTubers. It's like when it's up, it's up. Uh, but because we have so many things going on all the time and there's all this content that's coming out, we've decided that for 2024, we want to treat the Rhett and Link content a little bit different. First of all, we're going to come up with a name of what we call whatever it is that we're doing over there. It's not just going to be like Rhett and Link content because that's what we keep calling it. And we realize that we need to call it something so that people can be like, oh, they do this thing as well. It's going to be well, what you've now, seen, now that we, Now that we know what, what it, it is. what it is as a series, now that we know, then it should be called... It should have a name. We haven't named it yet. There's lots of names that we've had. No one has shared with each other yet. Right. You have a list. I have a list. Right. I know TJ has a list. What? There's lots of names. We'll figure it out. Um, the second part of that is that, you know, we really, we're so proud of what this team has created and what this team is capable of creating that we want to give this series its, its best chance at kind of breaking through the noise and being seen. Like, it's not, you know, our goal isn't to have this thing get, Millions and millions of views. Our goal is just to make the best show that we can make, and whoever watches it watches it. But we feel like we want to make it special, and so we're actually going to be working on it throughout the first part of the year, and then at some point, which we'll obviously announce, we're going to release it as a season of a, it's a series that'll come out weekly over a period of weeks. So there'll be a moment in which it's like, now the show is on, check it out. That's the tentative plan right now. So just to say And it that, will be on YouTube. It will be on YouTube. It will not yeah, be. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be on the same channel. It'll be on the Rent Link channel. But what I'm saying is that we're so excited about it, and you might be like, oh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in January. Well, it ain't gonna be you're, you're going to be waiting. You're going to be waiting because we're in January and February and beyond, we're going to be working on this show harder than we've worked on anything <laughs> in a long time. And, and then releasing it together and then doing it again. And again, and again, you know. So that's that's the plan. So we that's appreciate your your patience, um, and and you know, we want you to, we, we, you know, we know that you guys are going to be supportive, but we want you to understand that we're seeing it like, for lack of a better word, a TV show in the way that you would enjoy a TV show, which is like, oh, there's a season of it, and you enjoy it, and you talk about it, and then you wait for the next season, and that's how we want to do that show. Yeah. Well, that concludes our top 10 moments of the year. Um, do you want to make a quick wreck? I do. It's a very selfish wreck. It is that you go and watch some of the videos on the Red Link channel because oh, I'm so excited about it. And I know that most of you who are listening. I want to take them down and then put them back up. Maybe we'll do that. Have already watched what we've made over there, right? Um, but I know that there's somebody who hasn't. You've been like, yeah, I'm not interested in that stuff. And I would just say, hey, go check it out. Go you know? check it out. Like we, if for no other reason than uh, you see how excited we are about what we're doing, uh, I guess go and watch the most recent one. We got a chicken across the busiest road in America. Uh, Cause that's up. Or any of the other ones you wanna watch. All right, let us know what you think about anything that you heard today. Uh, you can call us one 888 EarPod One. And please, if you like what we're doing here, leave us a review on the platform that you listen on because that is very helpful. And we'll speak at you. When's the next one? Was it in the next year? Yeah, January 8th. Oh my gosh. January 8th. January 8th. Okay. 
Bye-bye. Love you and Happy New Year. Hi, guys. It's Bailey from Ohio. And I just have to say, after listening to you both try to come up with a CH car name for your Maserati milk discussion, that you guys said everything but Challenger and Charger, even after Rhett said something about Dodge a few minutes before, and I just can't get over it. That being said, I was also the Maserati of milk when I was a toddler because once I drank a full cup of chocolate milk so fast that I threw up. So there you guys go. Love you. Bye.